Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It is time for Counterpoint. We got Michael Diamond, campaign strategist and political commentator at Upstream Strategy Group. Hello there. Hey, glad to be here. Hey, hey. And Stephen LeDrew, broadcaster. I'm supposed to call you a homemaker. Yeah, I'm a homemaker. Okay, perfect. And Did a for- that come before a lawyer? A former, no, it comes before the former president of the Liberal oh, Party when it was It's normal. more impressive than being former president <laughs> of the Liberal Party. I know. That's when the Liberal Party stood for something. That's when you're normal. Well, it was certainly normal and it was principled. There you it go. Was not the Trudeau Party. Okay, well, let's talk about that Trudeau Party, shall we? Because uh, in, yeah, his, in his uh, year-end interview, which is just the gift that keeps on giving... <laughs> Um, he he kind of just passed off this little comment about the Saudi Arabian arms deal that he's going to you know do everything he can just to kind of get out of it. Now, he's always happy to point out that this was the deal that Stephen Harper inked, which is true, no, it, but it was his government that signed off on it and rubber stamped it and actually you know went beyond what they have to do. Alex, Alex, I, I hate to correct you, but his government didn't rubber stamp it. His government approved it. Yes. This gov- this, uh, Harper initiated the deal, signed it, but it wasn't until Trudeau got into power, and months later, after they had reviewed it, that they signed the final paper. So if Trudeau had not agreed with it, he had not approved it, it would not have gone ahead. Exactly. Thank you, Mr. Normal Liberal. Well, so <laughs> now they're looking at canceling this deal. And, you know, I just had someone on, uh, you know, the show uh, who's got one of the companies that happens to make seats for these armored light vehicles. They had no idea about this, Michael. They're like, what? What? Huh? This deal was inked back in 2012. You don't just go and kill contracts because you, you've got a, a, a score to settle here at home for votes. I mean, this is going to hurt up to 20,000 people in southwestern Ontario. Look, I mean, Justin Trudeau, though, has shown no signs about caring about jobs of people in southwestern Ontario. Uh, pay you, you know, well, that, well, we'll get to that later, I understand. But if, if you look at uh, just the reckless policies he's undergoing, so, so be it this, be it a carbon tax, he is uh, on a mission to destroy well-paying jobs in, in industrial hubs like southwestern Ontario. Okay. Well, why so- is he, did he not say, I, I couldn't figure out whether he ever said why. Alex, he's ever going to cancel this. Well, um, look, I mean, the interviewer did not kind of jump on that and go, hold no. on, what? I mean, that would have been, because, and, and to their, their defense. That. Well, I mean, you don't have a lot of time they in these interviews, in and they would never, first of all, put him in front of me, because they know I would ask. And, and frankly, if I had to waste 20 minutes just trying to get a straight answer, that's why they only put him with certain people, because they want to get these answers out. But the bottom line is... I mean, we are now subsidizing the whole country. Does he not see, Stephen, that 20,000 jobs in southwestern Ontario that's already hemorrhaging, uh, you know, pressure with the manufacturing section? Well, I'm trying to figure out, because he didn't, he wasn't asked, and he didn't say why he well, wanted I think, to get rid of these jobs. But I'm wondering if it's because of that one woman, and every life is valuable, but that's one woman who has become a Canadian citizen who's now back there. I understand she's yep. being held. Uh, and that's the one that our Minister of Foreign Affairs tweeted about, which cheesed off the Crown Prince in the first place. Is it because of her that we're going to, to axe these 20,000 jobs? 
And does he think that we ask these jobs, it's going to get her back well, I th- in your life? I think maybe, Michael, he said it because it, it sounds good to a lot of people that don't understand the issue. And I don't like Saudi Arabia either, but personally, I'd cut the oil off before I cut an arms deal because that deal's already inked and in place. And the oil well, the oil is a natural place to start. Oil. That would also help a uh, important industry here in Canada, <laughs> which, uh, we'll, again, we'll get to later, I understand. Uh, but with Justin Trudeau, I mean, we saw this while he was a candidate in the 2015 election. Is this perhaps more policy and announcements on the fly for him? Were, were, was Jerry Butt sitting in the green room watching this uh, video and just, you know, punching a wall because uh, the actor went off lines? <laughs> Or is it more important than gender equity? This is our prime minister who went down G20 and instead of talking about trade and commerce, talked about gender equity, which is important. But it's not important if you don't have a job. Well, look, and in the NAFTA discussions, he threw out all of these virtue signaling issues. Uh, to well, he alienated the... construction workers right across this country, basically calling Absolutely. them rapists. Yeah, they all vote liberal anyway. Come on. <laughs> well, well, let's talk about the other issue that uh, we kind of keep colliding with, and that is that the Trudeau government has handed a $1.6 billion aid package to Alberta. And I, I <laughs> that I have to see this in my lifetime, Stephen, is pitiful. They don't want aid. They want pipelines. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I don't know why he's doing this. If he has spent the $1.5 billion instead on trying to figure out, getting a few smart people in Ottawa to try to figure out how to get this pipeline built and get shovels in the ground, that would have been a better benefit to anybody in Alberta than a handout. And, I mean, it's just, it just shows two things. One, he doesn't understand the economy. And two, he doesn't understand people. He is in his lotus land, this la-la land in Ottawa, and he just doesn't get it. I, I actually think they do. It. I don't think they want to get the pipelines built. Look, well, otherwise, why, why, Michael, would they, they have two bills going through right now that are about to go through the Senate, um, which both make it harder to get pipelines built? Bill C-48 and 69. Not for oil. Right. Well, absolutely, because, you know, it, it, there, there's some folks in this country who think that it's not uh, socially acceptable. But what we know is, you know, allowing these pipelines would be a huge uh, boost to the Alberta economy, a huge boost to the Canadian economy. It would allow us to stop our reliance on conflict oil from places like Saudi Arabia and Venezuela, really awful dictatorships that we shouldn't have trade relationships with. It would it would be a game changer for this country, and this government is blocking it. Uh, the $1.6 billion, the handout, the uh, corporate welfare, I think is really about trying to save, you know, a couple seats in Alberta. Uh, Amarjeet no, 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 Sohi. No, no. Really? You think anybody's going to buy it? I mean, look, the, the thing that's so schizophrenic about this, Stephen, is that most of the people fighting for the oil now, including, you know, Rachel Notley, as well as Mayor Nenshi, these are all people that actively campaigned against oil, but now they don't have the oil. They're saying, well, hold on a second. We've got to get this oil out of the ground. Well, they were part of the problem. And now they've got a government that is pretending to fix it when they're just going to throw billions at well, it. Well, they're starting to see the, the, the real problem. They can yeah. talk about all these airy-fairy things when everybody's in great shape, but they are starting to get it while Mr. Trudeau hasn't got it yet. He's not going to get it before next October, and then he'll get it. But uh, the fact is that, I mean, I just think it's an insult to the people of Alberta, and it really is a backhanded insult because if he really wanted to help things, as I said, get those shovels in the ground. Well, and for Mrs. Notley, Ms. Notley, Premier Notley, can she, politically for her, this is very interesting because mm-hmm. uh, fighting the Prime Minister will be well-received at home. I think that Rachel yeah. Notley is a very skilled politician. That's why she won last night. And she has a very uphill battle for re-election. Sure. This is a potentially good play for her. Well, maybe, but one of her comments today, I mean, she was not at the, um, she did not go to the announcement, which is a, a big um, middle finger to the Trudeau government. She's also well complete, at home. It will be. However, her, her comment was, you know, that's just the beginning 
beginning. I mean, Stephen, I do not want Alberta oil subsidized, and neither does anybody else. It doesn't have to be subsidized. So if we're going to just go down this trail of throwing billions at this every two or three weeks, it's crazy. Well, it's crazy, but look at our deficit. It's, it's already crazy. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse. You know, and Rachel Notley, I think she should, she should hold up both hands and say, I have seen the light. <laughs> and I have, I have come to Jesus, and I am not going to be an NDP anymore. She actually could beat Jason, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. It's going to be a nasty campaign. Oh, well, but, you know, this whole, oh, this no, whole situation, you, look at... You're uh, sounding like Trudeau. Oh, it's going to be a nasty campaign. We're going to be pure. That one's going to be nasty, <laughs> and it's going to be nasty from Rachel Notley. They're side both going to be nasty. But, but if, you know, this whole situation reminds me of uh, Ronald Reagan. If it works, regulate it. If it stops working, uh, subsidize it. And if it dies, tax it. And that's what we're, we're seeing Justin Trudeau's plan for uh, the for growth in Alberta. Oh, it's scary. You're not Are, saying that Ronald Reagan agreed with that. I, I thought they were. I thought that he was going to put Ronald. On government. I thought he was going to put Ronald Reagan and, and Mr. Trudeau in the same category, yeah, which, to which I was going to kick him out of the studio. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions, going head to head. With counterpoint. counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. We got our counterpoint going in round two. We got Stephen LeDrew and Michael Diamond joining us today. Well, Doug Ford making it clear today that he's not very happy about how his. OPP appointment has been uh, treated. And he made the comments while at Amazon uh, headquarters today where they were, you know, announcing 600 new jobs. And that's not what anyone wanted to talk about. They wanted to talk about all the stuff on Ron Tavener. And here was Mr. Uh, Ford's response. Ron Tavener is a great guy. And how yourself and the media, after a 50-year career of serving the people in the community, that you are chasing this this gentleman down like I've never seen. This guy's given his life to policing. Let the review take place, and I can tell you one thing: once it gets done, he will be the best commissioner the OPP has ever seen. All right. So that investigation said to uh, take about four to six weeks, Michael. But I think you and I both know that even if nothing is found, and I don't know what will or will not be found, even if Tavener is cleared. That still will not be good enough for the opposition. Well, look, uh, look at the media today around a great announcement for uh, the Toronto region with 600 jobs coming with Amazon. And all they want to talk about is an appointment the premier made, which was, which was within the prerogative of the premier. The OPP commissioner is appointed by the government, by the cabinet. The premier this is a part of that body. There's there's no there there. There's, there's nothing here. Uh, as the premier said, Ron Tavner is a guy who... Um, has has served in policing for a very long time. I think if you look at some of the troubles we have and some of the work he's done in parts of North Etobicoke, he's actually, I think, really well-suited to help uh, steer uh, police forces, the OPP across Ontario, uh, through some issues that are really pressing with community policing. Yeah, but that, I don't think that matters, though, though Stephen. The, the optics of this suggest something else, and I don't think the opposition will let up on this and let him uh, do the job whether or not he can you know, be cleared. I think uh, I think you're right. Whether uh, I think he probably will be cleared. There seemed to have been a process, uh, and I think there's no question. But I listened carefully to that extra you had from Ford. Everything he said is absolutely right. Uh, Tavner is a very good guy and a good cop, and has a, a, a wonderful reputation and a wonderful record. But that's not the issue. The issue is whether there was nepotism here, uh, and Ford is saying there wasn't. He said, you know. That, yes, he's a friend of mine, but it went through a process. So we're about to see that process. It'll be, you know, the, the bright sunshine will be brought in on that. And, um, and so Ford may be right. He hadn't, maybe he had nothing to do with it, and it was just a friend, and that was a coincidence. 
but then there still is an issue as it's it's the optics of it mm. and clearly the optics don't don't look good and clearly as well that even if everybody forges ahead and in six weeks or eight weeks or ten weeks whatever it is the OPP has a new commissioner by the name of Taverner um, it's going to be problematic I, I, never. I, I think it will be as well no. so I mean it's just he's uh, he's got himself into a pickle on this one uh, he shouldn't have it's the first misstep in my view by this premier and uh, everybody uh, you know puts their foot in the cow patty now and then <laughs> And uh, he did it on this one. Look, I don't think it was a, a necessarily a misstep. I think it was a, a mountain being created of a molehill. Uh, but, yeah, but you know, but that's that he has to be better. I mean, he he has to be better than the last. Well, guy. I think what he needs to do is appoint the people who he thinks are the best qualified for the job and provide strong leadership. And I think that's what he's done. And I think we're going to see uh, more of that, not less. All right, let's talk about sex ed because it's this. It's it literally the issue that will never go away. I, honestly, I'm so sick of sex ed. <laughs> However, yeah, sex never goes away either. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Alex, I apologize to you profusely. Oh, you know, I get offended. Uh, well, apparently an overwhelming majority of those who weighed in on the uh, consultations on the first day don't want it changed and like the old curriculum that was put in by the Wynn government. And, of course, Doug Ford got all the feathers in a flurry again today because he said, you know, it's probably this. Take a listen. Let's go back to the consultation. It was the largest consultation in Ontario's history. And, yes, did the, did the uh, certain groups flood it right at the beginning? It did. But we're going to run through the, the 35,000 responses. That, that's a lot of responses. 35,000 responses. Uh, the previous administration had 1,700. Uh, after they implemented it. So we're going to review everything and uh, make a decision. And I have all the confidence in the world and in the Minister of Education. All right. So there we go. Um, Look, the bottom line is he's not wrong when he says those groups. He's talking about teacher union groups and those with special interests. And there's no question they probably got up and put their thoughts online. You can't you cannot say something is overwhelmingly received if it's only one day's worth of data. Absolutely. So let's look at all of the responses, and that's what the government's going to yeah, do. If, if all 34,000 say, yes, we love the old curriculum, fine. Or if the majority do, but but exactly. And what we know is, you know, the activist class across the spectrum, they, they not only uh, are going to participate in things like this, they look forward to it. They're waiting there because you know why? They don't have jobs. This <laughs> is their job. So they're waiting to fill out this government survey on the first day, refreshing their page until it comes up, allowing them to enter. Normal folks, they have jobs, they have kids, they have commitments. They're going to do it when they have time. So I think what you'll see is the government will review all of the responses and perhaps perhaps the uh, 35,000 responses will look very similar to what we saw. Perhaps parents will say once they're consulted oh. with that portions of the uh, curriculum that was brought in by the previous government should stay, some should go, Michael, some should you stay. you far too generous. First of all, the CBC story today talks about the response of 1,500 people. I could get 1,500 people in one block of the annex downtown Toronto <laughs> to say that the new curriculum uh, that Ford put in is wrong. They wouldn't even have to read it. They'd right. just put the name Ford on it, and you're going to get 1,500 responses saying, this is outrageous. <laughs> so uh, even if you extend that to 35,000, you're right on that point, Michael, that uh, we could get that in, uh, well, more than one block of downtown Toronto, maybe four blocks of downtown Toronto, and they are the people who have a vested interest in this, and they will say anything to castigate the Ford administration. So, really, I think the, the, the one thing is about this curriculum is that there was a, it was an election issue, Ford won the election. I mean, that's the real poll right there. And as to have a poll of people volunteering to putting in 
putting in stuff on a computer, I don't think that means anything. It well, really doesn't. Look, Doug Ford's commitment uh, during the leadership election and the election was to consult with parents, and that's what he's doing. And this ah. this is a great exercise. And the, had the previous government done a better job of this? Well, they'll tell put, you that they did, <clears throat> and they if, did if not. They actually had done this job, and Michael Korn, I'm sure, will say they did a great job, even Michael though at who? the time he would have disagreed with everything they put in there, but he loves it now, uh, yada, yada, yada. But if, if the previous government did a better job and talked to parents, and that's the curriculum we had, there'd be nothing to have criticized. Well, there's and a lot of missing... Right, but that was a lot. Look, they chose two parents from each school board that were hand-selected by the principals. And if you look at the all 72 school boards, I mean, look, they did not do that wide-reaching consultation. That's all parents were asking. And so, again, it's like, let's just see. something about politics and about Mm. government today when you're talking about consultation and meaningful consultation and where the input, where the information is coming from. And, Alex, as you pointed out, two parents per school chosen by the principal. This is absolutely baloney. Let's just do the right thing with a, with a properly elected government, which we have right now. Have them do the right thing. And, you know, there's going to be some squawkers. But let the squawkers squawk. That's their job. They're so squawk. loud, though. <laughs> They're so loud, though. All right. Too loud. Last ears. word to you? Or Look, I, no, no. I think it, this is the right thing to do. A government for the people needs to respect the views of the people. This consultation, I think, is a, a great thing. The previous government should have done it. Glad, Mr. Ford. How, how are you going to find out, Michael, who the people are? <laughs> you know, I didn't run the consultation. For the unions. Oh, that was the last party. Okay, got to leave it there, guys. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Michael Diamond and Stephen LeDrew joining us tonight. Always fun. Always a pleasure. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.